gather round, join us for a spell. There is magic to be found, and stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meet, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And I'm just so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be here too. I'm so glad. We were hoping to be in person this week. Yeah. But Detta is very busy and popular and important. <laughs> I have children to take to the airport. That's. <laughs> I think that's very, very Ch- important. Children who are your age. My children, not not actual <laughs> children. Yeah. Yeah, we had a great week. Of my Two of my three daughters are now married. And this weekend, one of the other daughters who's not yet married was the one who officiated the wedding. Because, and it's like her fifth or sixth wedding. Wow. Oh, it's you know, just lovely. If, if this was a Jane Austen novel, you'd be like really bad in a thousand. I know. And not only that, the one who officiated brought her bow with her. And we've never met a bow of hers before. And we really like him. So now all three of our girls, two are married to men we absolutely adore. And for a queer person to be able to say that, can I just tell you? Yeah. how happy that makes me and then we've met this other gentleman that we just also have are trying not to fall in love with it's not our choice yet we, we're just getting yep. to know him because we don't want to pressure anything yes adopting. exactly exactly <laughs> it's not our decision it's not our life but I, I have i told the story of how they sat us down when they were like 16 no. years old the three of them sat Tammy and I down when they were 16 years old, and we were scared because they had their serious, serious faces on. And they said, we have something that we really have to tell you, and it's really important. And we sat down and went, okay. And they all looked at each other, do you want to tell them, or do you want to tell them? And I actually don't remember which one of them said, but they looked at us and said, we have to tell you that all three of us are straight. (laughs) And we started laughing and we're like, we love you anyway, no matter what choices you make. And then one of them was like, but isn't it weird that all three of us are straight? Like one of us should have been gay, right? That's just the law of averages. (laughs) So anyway, we're very lucky. We love their men. They're great, wonderful, feminist, fabulous fabulous men so anyway that was my weekend funny i am so happy she was so happy their vows were beautiful okay i'm gonna shut up now because i could talk about it forever anyway how was your weekend it was good it was it was really good i got to see friends we went to the container store oh my gosh like so fun a dangerous place for me I reorganized the pantry mm-hmm. and I got some hardware that I'm going to install while mom is gone to make the lower cupboards more accessible That's so cool. she can roll things out. I love that feature. Exciting. We have that in our house and we also have the twirly thing so you don't have to reach oh, the Oh, I ba- love one of those. Oh my gosh, they're the best. They're the best. They're really great. I have all kinds of stuff I want to tell you about, okay. but I know that we 
have a yes, hard out today. Because I, yeah, have to go to the airport. You gotta get to the airport. Yeah. I do wanna say, hey, Alice and Jen and Annie and everybody on Patreon, thank you so much for liking and talking to each other on patreon we love having you there and if you ever need to reach out to us or have questions please please do and for everybody out there listening i just want to do a plug now instead of at the end if you would go review us it would be so awesome we know we've got tons of stuff on Spotify, a lot of responses, and people are starting to ask questions there as well, which I will pay attention to. It's really exciting. And you can ask questions on you Spotify. You can. It's a Whoa. Q&A, and you can ask specifically for the episode, which is great. So if you are not into Discord or you're not into Instagram and you don't want to email us, you want to keep it casual, you know, <laughs> or if you want to start a discussion with other people and we have to publish it, but yeah, I, I did that for one of them. I didn't do it for another one, but I'll contact that person because she was asking a question that I think was a little bit private. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. But on Apple, we're stuck. We haven't moved. And it just helps us be seen by the rest of the witchy community if you do that. Oh, and one more thank you. Kath- Catherine was on Pinterest and there was this witchy blog post by someone who listed their favorite their favorite podcast. And Gabrielle, I don't know you, but Gabrielle w- went into the comments and said, what about Bonfire Babble? And Catherine went, yeah, they're my favorite as well. And then there were a couple Aww. other comments after that, but I didn't, I'm sorry, I don't remember those names. So thank you for just talking about us out there and including us in the community. We love you and we appreciate you so we much. Any sort that. of support. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I wanted to say about that. Hey, what are we talking about today? We are talking about something that is for information purposes only. It's for entertainment and educational purposes only. And there is no malicious intent. And we are not encouraging you to use this educational information for malicious activities because we are talking about Poisoner's Gardens. (laughs) Sometimes just called Poison Gardens. Yes. Leave there, everyone. Sorry. You built the suspense. I loved it. Because, like, we could have been talking about all kinds of things. I'm I'm excited. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. And I think it's so funny because when I was researching for it, I was like, researching for this is miserable. <laughs> it was Aww. so challenging. It was so challenging to find. You had to, like, really wade through a bunch of stuff. And I'll tell you more about that in the library. Okay. But, like, you really, like, you had to dig just woof yeah but once you got there it was it's interesting very fascinating stuff shall we head to the library let's do it the difference between poison and medicine is the dose and that is true for most plants now not all like hemlock that wonderful plant down by the river you eat that at all you put it in you you die So there are a couple of them like that that absolutely cannot be used as medicine. But there are some that are surprisingly poisonous that we do still use or enjoy in our garden. And elderberry, which we drink elderberry tea and we 
take elderberry and daffodils are poisonous really poisonous and rhododendrons are really poisonous but Corey doesn't like those anyway so uh, why would you eat a rhododendron I don't know freaking stink I don't know and the sorry I have so many feelings about <laughs> rhododendrons <laughs> and the other thing I wanted to say is that the real quote from the Bible if you go back to the original text if, and translate it properly is thou shalt not suffer a poisoner to live not a witch to live so anyway i'm gonna talk a little bit about that kind of stuff in the bonfire section and right now i went first because we crossed over each other a little bit in our research but Corey's gonna go for it and i'm gonna start us off just go (laughs) and Dedda's gonna fill in the gaps and add her own stuff as well i think most of my stuff is for the bonfire because you you and i covered some of the same stuff well, now I'm really looking yeah. forward to the Ow. Sorry, I have a baby kitten <gasps> baby in my kitty. office. <laughs> and he sometimes, she sometimes, uh, she likes to decide that my feet are toys. <gasps> Hello, Mercutio. Which is fine. Is Tybalt there too? Tybalt is sleeping. Aww. A well-behaved little prince in his bed. Good for him. <laughs> and Cutie is murder! <laughs> Poison Garden is a garden that is sort of derived from or evolved from or descended from descended from is the word i want (laughs) perfect (laughs) i love that word i used a lot of my words at work today i'm writing a really long big document project and my all my words are gone so poison gardens are sort of descendant from something called physic gardens now physic you might be like huh that sounds an awful lot like physician It does. So these are gardens that date back to probably as early as or if not earlier than like the year 800. They're very, very old. There's some recorded ones that are like well established that go back as far as 1335, particularly one in Venice, Italy. And they were basically designed to teach apothecaries how to identify, cultivate, and then administer medicinal plants. These were often monastic gardens or sacred or holy gardens. After the whole church thing started, they were often attached to a church because who doesn't love having, what church doesn't love having the power over life and death? Huh? Huh? Mm -hmm. Anyway, but these were an educational tool. They were like a school, like a hands-on learning environment. (laughs) to use like educational curriculum terms they were a way that apothecary like pupils and students could learn the ropes so that when they were getting things from out elsewhere outside other gardens things like that they would know what they were getting so that they wouldn't be duped or given something dangerous that they shouldn't be giving to people that's great so it's just like a way to educate Now, the garden specifically designed to grow poisonous plants, the poisoner's garden or the poison garden, is far more recent. I wasn't able to find one as early as Detta was able to find one. But Detta, what was the time period that you said you found one going back to? It it was the one you're going to talk about. It went back. Are you talking about Alnwick? Yeah. So Alnwick didn't start as a poisoner's garden. That's not what it started it, so as. I'm going to go with your research because I found something different than you did, and I'm not confident enough in it to pass it on. I'm taking information from an interview from the Duchess awesome. that lives there. Awesome. But that doesn't mean it's true. You know what I mean? 
I think her last name is Percy. Mm. She's the duchess mm-hmm. that lives in Almut Castle. And she, when she took over the estate, was like, I'm going to make something really stand out here. And that was pretty recent. There is, however, also the Blarney Garden. Mm. People always think about the Blarney Stone in Ireland. They have a poison garden there. It's beautiful from the pictures that I saw. As well as a place called the Garden of Earthly Delights, which is in France. And it's like a big, beautiful greenhouse. Oh, I almost forgot. I wanted to let you know a couple of physic gardens that you can go visit today. Mm, I love that. So there's the Cowbridge Physic Garden in Wales, in the Vale of Glamorgan, because everywhere in Wales sounds like a magical, mystical fantasy place. And the Chelsea Physic Garden, which is in oxford i believe it's in london mm-hmm. it's in chelsea i suppose because it's the chelsea physic gardens so that makes sense apologies for derailing i just no, want to make sure that great. you all knew knew about those places but yeah the garden of earthly delights is in france and it is a sort of I think it looks like almost more of an art installation than anything, but it's this beautiful garden that's like this huge, weird greenhouse situation. One thing that these places all have in common is big signs that say, don't touch, smell, or taste anything and keep your children on your hip at all times, basically. Can I just say I was amazed that they let children into the tours i was just like no dumb but okay so that's all i've got i'll go ahead and give my resources here because we're in the library even though we're going to move to the bonfire here in just a moment my resources were scott cunningham of course they were also this great new site that i have not had nearly enough time to to spend enough time on but I am really really enjoying it and it's called magicalspot.com so many plants so many fabulous things also the chestnut school of herbal medicine and of course fez inkwright botanical curses and plants the shadow life of plants which is just her work is just so amazing. And by the way, I just got the Citadel special edition. It's the only big card purchase I made this year and the only one I am allowed to make. And there are so many decks that I want right now. I made the mistake of sticking around for Teresa's unboxing one day about the witches. And it was just it was so beautiful. And I was like, no, no, you bought your big purchase. I'm being i'm being responsible before you get into your details in france architects have designed a garden called the garden of earthly delights it is not yet a physical place you can visit but it looks incredible and i will make sure that we provide a link so that you can visit their website that is awesome i don't know if it's ever going to get built It looks like it is in very early days, but you'll see what I mean when it looks like this weird, fantastical, made-up place. It is right now. I don't think it's any weirder looking than the spheres, but here we are. And so we'll make sure that you get a little link for that, because I think it'd be great if it got made, but it is not yet a physical place you can go. That's so cool. 
Hey, let's head out to the bonfire. I love that. Okay. We talked about this episode, my gosh, I think in the first year that we were recording and are just now getting to it. And you now have, do you have a couple of maybe not poisonous, but dangerous plants, right? I have a carnivorous plant. Yeah. His name is Bernard. He's a Venus flytrap. Bernard. And he is recent yes. to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Aww. And he is thriving. Oh, I love that. Do you want to see? Oh, he's there with you right now. He lives on my desk. <gasps> is he? Oh, my goodness. He's beautiful. It, it, can I just say, every time I see a Venus flytrap, the only thing I can think of is... Feed me, see I, Totally. Which my kids were singing this morning at the top of their lungs. Because one of my daughters played Seymour in high school. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. yeah. What is it about this poisoner's garden and witchcraft that draws you to this topic, Corey? Mm. Well, on the surface, mm-hmm. I like spooky stuff. Yeah. I like the spooky stuff. I also think learning about dangerous things teaches us to respect them. Or it should. <laughs> One would hope. If you're not a fucking psychopath, it does. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about current events in the news. But mm. when you learn about how dangerous a thing is, you also learn respect and responsibility for that thing mm-hmm. if you're a decent human being. And I also think that I like things that are really, really beautiful, but also will kill you. <laughs> or things that are really, really beautiful, but are also gross my aesthetic i love that but i also love the history of poisoning and i love the history of poisoning and women Mm. and i say i love the history of i what i need you to understand is that i don't love the history of it yeah i think it's garbage i it infuriates me but i'm fascinated by it and i think it's important to know yeah yeah how about you i I'm drawn to it because actually that let me step back. I'm actually not drawn to a poisoner's garden. It scares the shit out of me. Having said that, I have found a lot of poisonous plants in my life that I am very attracted to. Foxglove and Helleborn. I brought some research on that so we can go back and, and forth on these plants and the stuff that you found about poisoning women nightshade and recently dropped into my garden I thought it was just a sprout of a rhododendron which is indeed poisonous as a laurel tree right next to I know and I don't know who dropped it there some bird or I hope that bird's okay I hope so too or I really do not know how it got there and I'm not sure what to do because my gut my first gut reaction was I need to remove this and it's about four feet away from my hose spigot and it's about two feet away from my rain barrel and it's only a foot away from my hellebore and my rhododendron on that side this year has been eaten I don't know what's gotten a hold of it but I can't get rid of whatever bug is destroying it I'm gonna have to remove the rhododendron it's just dying and so I was like okay and 
the other reason I don't want to keep it is because even touching it can cause you to have a rash or get sick. And yet, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And the berries are so pretty, but I don't know how big it, I mean, it, I, I think it's a tree tree. I think it becomes a tree. And I can't have that right in front of our window and right where that is. And I'm also getting ready to move my hellebore anyway because we're going to fence in our front yard and I don't want Cody to eat it. Eat it? Yeah. Yeah. The rabbits and... I didn't know you were going to fence it in. Yeah. Yeah. So that he can be up front with me. Because unlike Riley, who never wanted to run and Cody who is plastered to me like he's here right now like so much more than any other dog I've ever had but the moment we get outside he's like "Ah, we're outside I'm gonna go away and he'll come back but the gate got left open because the latch is weird and he wasn't in the backyard and I went to the alley and I yelled for him and yelled for him and he was two doors down sniffing the dog through the thing and he came running back and right into the yard and everything but I'm like no this is freaky I don't like that (laughs) yeah you got a road people drive way too fast yeah yeah and I was just like "Mm, no honey so that's why I'm probably gonna move the hellebore and hope that it survives the move because I love it and it it is flourishing. I've had it now for five years. Yeah. So those are just some of the plants that I'm going to And I'll talk more about hellebore and stuff like that. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you found? About Okay. Okay. Okay, so. There is probably, because it is in sort of the consciousness, and I should say also the research I did and the stuff I have found, this is very like Western world shenanigans. Okay. Just so you all know. I don't oh, that's have, great to know. I don't have any research about any kind of Asian plants that maybe are in Asian medicinal gardens. I don't have any I don't I just I don't have any like African plants that might be in African medicinal gardens. I don't I don't have any of that and I apologize. If you would like that, let us know. I know and a lot about those. Right I'll do now. some research and yeah. we'll do yeah. some more of this. Yeah. But the, mm, so in the sort of public consciousness, the historical consciousness, there is this idea that poison is a woman's weapon. Yep. And I read so much stuff that dates back, 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 back about gardening and domesticity and femininity and how it was okay for women to study botany because it was a lot like caregiving right it was a lot like caregiving to children you water you nurture you prune you whatever (laughs) but women couldn't do things like physics or biology or the more quote-unquote like active or masculine sciences and when did that, which is obviously a crock of shit yeah when did that start because before then women were heal they sought out women healers so when did that start? yeah so probably 1800s huh or modesty times yeah yeah like 17 1800s mm. and before then even yeah like before then back in Borgia times. You've probably heard of the Borgias. If you haven't, they are a family in Italy that I definitely recommend you look up and look past the clickbaity 
propaganda-y, sensationalized stuff. But they were a very powerful family, really close to the Pope. Anyway, so the thing about poisonous plants and women specifically, which, by the way, statistics show that men are just as likely to poison their victims as women, and more often than not, they are poisoning their wives. This is very generally speaking, by the way. These are crime stats. We also know that 89.5% of homicides are committed by men. 10.5% are committed by women. It's a whole thing. Can I interrupt you without derailing you? Yes. Okay, so my ex-husband gave a speech at our daughter's wedding this last weekend, and the very first words out of his mouth is such and such and such and such. I want you to look at each other and look into each other's eyes. Now, I want you to know that statistically, if you're ever murdered, you're looking at the person who's going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, what a way to start. Anyway, his speech was lovely. But anyway, enough about him. But it shows (laughs) it shows that there is this like deep, deep untruth about women and poison because it's not like men are just as likely to do that. And we're speaking very binary here. And that's because back when there wasn't as much language in the Western Victorian times, it was sort of a, like, we all know that gender queerness, like, lived then. We have documented evidence. We have beautiful photographic evidence, Mm -hmm. even paintings of queer and intersex people and trans people, all that stuff. But we're going to speak in generalities. Um, Women were supposed to be domestic and caregiving and nurturing and that was perfect for botany but if a woman was growing poisonous plants or poisoning somebody or creating poisons or potions it was an example of what happens when a woman goes against the quote natural order her natural role she was supposed to fulfill there's this quote i actually i think i have it written down in the because it's about hellebore in the Letters of Demonology and Witchcraft by Walter Scott, it's from 1830. I'll link to where you can find it. But he's writing about the fact that those who were brought to trial for sorcery, a number, quote, a number of unfortunate wretches were brought for judgment, fitter, according to civilians' opinion, for, of course, growing hellebore. And it was just like, wow. And, of course, a lot of women did it because it's... it's gorgeous beautiful plant beautiful plant yeah Yeah. and so there was a time during modesty times Mm -hmm. that basically this was an okay botany was okay for women but poisoning was a thing that showed what happens when you don't adhere to oh my gosh thing and then like classical lore also features women accused of poisoning spouses or lovers or rivals or whoever like medusa in one myth hecate in another circe medea agrippina but like in shakespeare there's tons of dudes flinging poison around oh yeah Oh my so, gosh. And who do Romeo and Juliet go to? A male apothecary, you know, a yeah. monk in some monk. places. Yeah. Yeah. Who probably had a physic garden. Probably did. Yeah. Yeah. So I basically just got mad researching for this, as happens to me often. Yeah. Whenever as we... happens when you realize that every single thing in the world ties back to either racism, sexism, 
Yeah. Or capitalism. <laughs> yeah. And when you're doing research back in the past or looking at any of those flyover states in the United States, you do get a little bit angry about the way women are treated and have no sovereignty and people yeah. mm, trying to take all that away from women. There's mm. also a certain connotation in poisoning of she's not strong enough to physically overpower a man so she has to do it this way which is sneaky and snaky and we know what snakes represent don't we yeah so it's it's gross that's why but it also i think if you flip that on its other side could be a person has no recourse and a person who is destined to have to make all three square fucking meals a day every single day of her life forever is gonna have plenty of opportunity to poison your food so if you underestimated her, honestly, that's your fucking fault. Sorry, I have a lot of feelings about this. Oh no, I I right there with you. It's don't why poison people. It's why, yeah, don't do it, everyone. But it's why Lizzie Borden got off. Why she didn't Probably. go to prison yeah. is because they seriously they had all this supposed evidence. It was circumstantial, mind you, but it, it made sense that she did it, right? But they were like, but she literally the when they delivered the verdict, she's a woman. There's no possible way she could have done this because she of her. She couldn't have hefted an ass. No, that, and she that heavy. Yeah, and women don't do this kind of thing. Her delicate sensibility. Exactly, that was what it yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, and there's a great show, a short play called Trifles. It's it's old now. Have you ever read that, Corey? It's a theater piece. It's about. Two women are in the kitchen talking while their husbands are investigating this murder, and a woman has woken up next to her dead and strangled husband. And they're like, and she is completely like just ashen and not talking. And apparently, you know, she, they, the men interpreted as her being very, very upset. And the women are sitting in the kitchen and they're trying to get things together for her and and all this stuff starts coming out. And then they open her sewing kit and they find this bird that they had both been talking about how much she loved this bird and how important it was to her. And its neck is broken and has been strangled. And they all know that her husband was not a nice man and he was not... She used to go to choir and stuff like that, but she stopped going after she got married a couple months after because he was so cruel. And they just, yeah. Shtick, yeah. Yeah, they put the bird back in and they don't tell their husbands and, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so poison, but back to poison that you should, yeah. Don't poison people, please. And I, you know, I'll... I'll talk to you just a teeny bit about Nightshade. I have some Please. others here, but maybe I'll save those for another episode because we're going to be doing some herbal series that we're talking about. We're going to start talking about how to use that in magic. Nightshade is really complicated and it grows around my house and has always, I realized, I didn't know what it was until... I think 1999 and I always have to remove it if you've got cats or dogs or or if it's in a place where they can get to because they will eat it and you have to be very careful because the berries are very tempting to children so we always removed it when it showed up and 
I have two different species here on this property that I tend and take care of. And I cut one of them way back because the tree was literally falling into the sidewalk and I did everything I could to save it. And it just, it kept uprooting itself. So I cut it way, way down and it's come back this year in a better place and is strong and a little bit further back. But there's also the the viney plant that comes over which is absolutely beautiful these bright purple flowers really red berries phenomenally poisonous and the moment i met it i was drawn to it and i I was like i i need to cut you back but i i don't want to and so i would cut it back and then i started saving some of it and i think if you've listened to the podcast really early on i say don't ever touch nightshade because we didn't have our our legal stuff it's really dangerous you all please please if you choose to do it wear gloves and so many gloves so gloves. many gloves and you might even want to put on a mask and do not put it in your mouth or anywhere near you and don't rub your eyes with your gloves if you get itchy anything like that and a yeah. lot of people mistake this particular one for belladonna because belladonna is also part of the nightshade family and as or maybe you don't know belladonna was often used as medicinal to help everybody to help people sleep and yep. of course it killed somebody in practical magic by accident oh, sure. completely by accident and but used to they would take this and they'd put some bittersweet nightshade and they'd place it under the pillow to help you forget a past love and it the bittersweet was also used to protect against removing evil both human and spirits and you would tie a small piece of it somewhere on your body like your neck and and it was supposed to supposedly cure vertigo or dizziness. And this was according to Culpepper, very, very old, one of the original herbalists. But if you, again, we go back to the difference between poison and medicine is the dose. And that was definitely the case with Nightshade and Belladonna. But I was drawn to it. And just so, I don't, I don't know how, just warm, lovely, wonderful feelings, comfort, really, really comfort. And I, I realized that I, grief, I just had, it like took my grief. It, it shared my grief with me. It, it held space for my grief and still does. If you want to talk about plants and magic, we work with, we, I like to say, collaborate with the herb in order to give energy to our magic. Not that I'm encouraging you to hurt anybody, but you can use some of these plants to protect yourself against people who might want to hurt you. So if you think about it in that way, that's not necessarily being that's not being malicious that's protecting yourself and I have absolutely asked for nightshade's help in protecting myself against certain things and it yeah. grows along one of the sides of our our yard and so it's a barrier between us and a lot of negative things as well I love that yeah yeah. Yeah. I would never plant probably a poisonous garden mm -mm. in my own yard just because there's so many critters. So many. 
but and if I think they're fascinating they are and i one of the things we wanted to mention to everybody is if you do make sure you label everything make pages sh- and labels yes and make sure you put up warning signs in case somebody wandered into your garden and make sure that you put a fence around it for those critters which is why i'm going to be moving the the hellebore yeah or the hell hellbane no hellebore hell yeah what about what anything else you wanted to share? I think that's it for me. Yeah. I think it's fascinating and you should all look up physic gardens because I think they're yeah. neat as heck. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're interested in exploring this kind of magic, just be careful. So careful. Um know that there as with any magic, there is a sacred exchange to give uh price to pay some might say and i think with uh, these type of plants i would encourage you that if you're going to collaborate with them to get to know them very very well don't just willy-nilly with them and really choose your words carefully yeah yeah i agree that's all i got (sighs) Should we send up some Let's spores? Let's do it. Okay, I'm dying to hear what your spark is. Okay, so my spark is something that I want to talk about last week, but then I was like, I got to pick between these two sparks. And then I was like, wait, the next one makes way more sense. <laughs> so I listened to, I've mentioned them because they were related to my last week's spark as well. I listened to All Gods of Appalachia. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And they did a collaboration with a fragrance company called Sucre Bay, spelled S-U-C-R-E-A-B-E-I-L-L-E. It's very, very French. Sucre Bay. Mm. And I got a bunch of little baby sample size ones. And I got the one that was called Belladonna. <gasps> oh, and nice. They're... This, they just smell so good and they have really wild names and they're very fun and they're very unusual. Like they're very unusual scents and I love them and you should check them out. I love That's them. all. I want to find <laughs> out. Do it. Ah, I'm going to have to go. I, okay, I am shouting out Fez Inkwright, but not for Botanical Curses or her other herb book. She has a new Oracle deck, and there is a limited edition, and I think there are like 500 of them left. And it's a game, everyone. It's a, it feels like a Dungeons and Dragons. There's a campaign. Oh, the tarot playing game. Yes. Yeah. And I just got it yesterday, so I haven't been able to spend any time with it. It was on our porch when we came home. And a few of those exist. They're so cool. Yeah, it looks amazing. There's a map and everything, and I cannot wait to share it with Corey and have her teach me how to play it. Because, I would love to play yeah. it with you. And as we know from our interview with Fez, she is a huge Dungeons & Dragons fan. So she loves games. She loves the campaigns. And and this deck is, oh, oh, it's based on the Citadel. One of, it's the Citadel. If you got oh. that little oracle deck it's now bigger yep that's the one Corey's holding it up the the original one and 
Oh my goodness, you all, it's so beautiful. Again, I haven't had time to spend with it, but I'm so jazzed about it, I can hardly stand it. And since I dug into her books this week, I thought, yeah, this is appropriate. We're going to do that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so exciting. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. That's all I got. Amazing. I'm going to go take people to the airport, y'all. You got to get to the airport. I'm going to go for a nice walk (gasps) in the sunshine. Very nice. Yeah. And until we talk next time, be well. Act with intention. And don't forget that you are magic. Bow, bow, bow.